It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Josh Ward, ladies and gentlemen, as it is the Vol Report, brought to you by Zul Beer Company. Go to ZulXULBeer.com for those on the audio platform, and you can have some worldwide award-winning craft beer. It is awesome. Josh, this uh, Tennessee-Georgia game's getting a lot of pub. It's a sizable one, Dave. Uh, more pub than we've probably ever seen Tennessee-Georgia get. Right. I mean, in terms of one versus two and what it means for the playoff, I mean, playoff era obviously is, is younger, but uh, this is a huge week. And at this point, I can believe that we're having the conversation. I would not have believed it back in the months of June, July and August. This team has taken off and it's earned every bit of attention that it's gotten to this point. It has. And it's it's gotten better as the season has gone along. What do you think is the most improved aspect of this football team from what we thought they would be say august 1 sec media days to now i would say the offensive line i've stuck with that the last few weeks i think the improvement from last year what we saw to this year with the offensive line having to replace Caden mays but bringing back four starters that is obviously a huge part of this and staying healthy is a big part of it for those guys to keep the cohesion and not have to move guys around that has been really important but it, it's also it's changed what Tennessee's offense is able to be consistently with these guys being able to protect Hendon Hooker I don't know what it, opposing defenses are supposed to do if they can't uh, attack and they can't affect Hooker on a regular basis look at the Alabama game look at LSU how Tennessee was able to dismantle LSU they couldn't do anything up front and Tennessee's offense was able to do what it wanted to. So I would say the offensive line from being at the bottom of the SEC last year in sacks allowed to uh, top half in the league this year in that category, and also being able to run the football effectively because of how 
good they've been, they've also been able to run at teams, and that's a big part of this offense that gets overlooked in conversation. So uh, the, the defensive improvement this past week was really impressive. Let's see if that holds up again this this upcoming Saturday against Georgia. But from last year and the offseason to now, the offensive line improvement has changed what Tennessee is able to be. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share, and go uh, share a beverage there at Zool Beer Company downtown. They've got great parking, which you don't have a lot of the time, and they've got great merch as well. Brad and the guys are doing a fantastic job, the official craft beer of Off the Hook Sports. Josh, I will tell you where I changed my thinking on this team, and you tell me when and if you changed your thinking, and it was just a very logical conversation uh, on the Vol report with John Adams that we had where my mind kind of shifted and it was before the Alabama game and John picked Tennessee to beat Alabama. And that was like a what moment. And I, I after that, I, I just look at this completely different. So while I picked Georgia in the preseason, when I look at this game, if it were two teams wearing pink and blue, and it wasn't what we thought in the preseason. This sounds crazy, but I think that Tennessee not only has a great shot to to beat Georgia, but I actually think that they will. Um, Georgia struggles to uh, to put pressure on the quarterback. Um, yeah, I don't want to get too far ahead of it, and I think you know I'm not a bandwagon guy, but when did your whole mentality about this team change, or did it? The win at LSU, the oh, really? way that yeah, the, the way that Tennessee was able to control almost all of that game, and LSU made mistakes, which helped Tennessee. But in college football, we see teams make mistakes all the time, and the opposing team fails to capitalize as much as it should. Tennessee capitalized in every way, and then late in that game, to go back to what we just talked about with the offensive line, when they needed to have a long drive. Remember with the Florida game, there was the, okay, well, what's going on with the the two-minute, the four-minute offense w- with what Tennessee needs to do? If they need to stretch it out and control the clock, they they weren't able to get it done. My thought coming out of that was, well, you know, it's not, not always that easy. You're not just always going to be able to pick up as many first downs as you want while running the clock. But they did it against LSU better than anybody probably could have asked for. And I thought that was as complete as you could have asked Tennessee to be. And I picked Tennessee to beat Alabama, not with – absolute certainty but I just I thought what I was seeing from Tennessee and how impossible it seemed for LSU's defense to stop Tennessee's offense that Tennessee would be able to do uh, do enough now it did it more than I expect I didn't expect five touchdowns out of Jalen Hyatt but uh, Dave I looked at Tennessee completely differently than I did back in August when I thought Tennessee was an eight maybe nine win team to looking at Tennessee as a championship contending team still needed to see the win against Alabama mm-hmm. but what and then you know, Kentucky's a game where it would be easy to kind of have a letdown, not a total letdown, but where, okay, you, you make some mistakes, you go through the motions for a period of time, and Kentucky's able to attack and make things interesting in the middle part of the game. Didn't come close to happening. Tennessee has looked like a team since the Pittsburgh game that was so close in overtime. Tennessee has looked like a team that's on a, on a mission to dismantle everybody or at least come close to it. Dismantling Georgia should not be the objective. Getting a win by one point or better should be the objective. But I think Tennessee can win this week, absolutely. So you were ahead of me then as, as far as your thinking on this team. And um, one of the things you, you said is on a mission. 
And uh, shameless plug, we visit with uh, Cooper Mays and Jacob Warren uh, on our YouTube channel. So check that out. There is a maturity level to this team that I've never seen before, to be real honest with you. A purpose that I've never seen before. And I mentioned the 98 team. I, I thought that it, there was a feeling like they were going to flub it up at some point. But it doesn't feel like that at all. So you mentioned purpose. It, it's sort of driven. It's, it certainly seems like their um, their mindset is perfect. It really does seem that way. And that doesn't guarantee what the results are going to be. It, it doesn't. But I do think that at this point, it's confirmed Tennessee's going to have a shot to win a championship. This week is that shot, right? If Tennessee beats Georgia, realistically, the Vols are going to Atlanta. Because I, it, Tennessee's not going to collapse to the point against South Carolina, Missouri, and Vandy that they don't make it to Atlanta. So Tennessee's going to go play for the SEC title. Tennessee might lose the SEC title and still be able to go to the playoff. But Dave, if they're in the SEC championship game at twelve and zero, everybody in the nation knows Tennessee's going to have a chance to win that. And that's been that's been the mission. It, it's pretty easy to figure out if you can go win the SEC title, you know you're going to the playoff. So you don't really even have to talk about that. If you can win the SEC championship, you have a chance at a national title. And Tennessee has a better chance right now to win the SEC title than anybody realistically could have projected back during the summer months based on you know, the roster makeup and what last season was and how last season finished up. And you know, the, the results are not guaranteed. I mentioned that Tennessee could have lost a pit. You know, Tennessee could have lost a pit earlier this season. and We wouldn't be having this national championship conversation most likely right now. But you know, they, they, they stayed on track and continued to improve after that performance where they didn't look like one of the top five or top 10 teams in the country. And they continued to improve. And, and too often in college football, we get stuck on an, an early season result while the team goes back to work. But this team went back to work and, and continued to improve on every aspect. And there's still more work to be done. Let's see how the secondary performs this week. Let's see if the, the guys up front on defense are able to create pressure, as they've done a number of times this season. But it'll be tougher against Georgia. And, and it's a road environment. You don't have the crowd behind you like they did against Alabama. So there's some some disadvantages pretty obviously going into this game. Tennessee is understandably an underdog. But I promise Tennessee's mindset is that we should not be an underdog. And we are just as good. We're going to show why we're better than Georgia. And they will have a chance to show. I, I think I'm going to pick Tennessee to win this week. You know, I, I make an official pick, I guess, later in the week on, on the radio show. But uh, I kind of lean Tennessee because I think the Vols – can kind of they can set the tone now if they get behind early I know the offense can attack but that really could be advantageous to Georgia so how the game goes early I do think is going to matter this week no I'm with you I, I, I always on a Monday or Tuesday not take a really hard look at both teams um, watch 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 some games from previously in the season well with the opposing team and a look at stats and again I think Georgia's in a bit of a pickle because they're last in the SEC in sacks and um how do they pressure Hendon Hooker? Do they play coverage? I, d I don't think they're just going to drop guys back like you saw Ball State and Akron. I mean, that's not their style. I, I, d I, d I don't know defensively what their approach will be. Do you? No, I mean, uh, my, uh, my answer to the question of what do you do to try to slow down this offense has been pretty easily you have to get to Hendon. You have to affect him. It's not a, To me, it's not as much about sacks. It's about do you affect his ability to stand there in there and deliver a pass? Cause if he's able to do that, it's most likely going to be on the money. He's not going to be perfect every time, but uh, if, if he has 10 yards around one of his wide receivers, he can get it in that space and Jalen will get it or, or Cedric now and brew and, uh, and those guys. So 
Um, my my answer has been pressure the quarterback. Jalen Carter coming back has to help. Uh, you know, if Nolan Smith isn't playing, that has to affect what they're comfortable calling. But if, if they don't get to Hendon and affect his ability to throw the football, then I just expect that as talented as they are and as much as they can run in the secondary, that there'll be confusion. There'll be miscommunication before the ball is snapped like we've seen every single game. Now, Alabama has talent. It's not the most elite defense that we've seen from Saban, but they have enough talent, right, to not give up 52 points. But then they gave up 52 points to Tennessee because Tennessee's offense is able to put stress on the opposing defense uh, before the ball is snapped, and then you have to make quick decisions after the ball is snapped. So if Tennessee's offense protects Hendon, then the offense is going to go. Now, I still expect Stetson Bennett and that Georgia offense to respond. Yeah, it's not, I don't think it's going to be Will Levis in Kentucky the way that uh, Georgia responds, not even close to that. So even if Tennessee is able to get its points, which I expect, I also anticipate Georgia being able to do close to the same. They don't have Bryce Young, which should give Tennessee confidence, but they do have home field, and uh, they're not as mistake-driven. Uh, they've turned the ball over at times. They did this past week to give Florida a chance there in the middle part of the game and then crushed them after that. But remember how Alabama kept shooting itself in the foot, especially early on the offensive end with penalties? Georgia doesn't do that. So that's why you know, limiting mistakes and not turning the ball over is important here because Georgia is a team that will capitalize. I'm told Nolan Smith is very, very doubtful by mm -hmm. a source close to the team. And I, I so certainly he, he could get healthy before – the end of the week. But that's the other thing about Tennessee been remarkably healthy. I mean, yeah. Tillman is a star player. So a lot of people focused me included, probably you included on that injury while he was out, but now he's healthy goes on a snap count last week. Tennessee couldn't be healthier. I mean, Warren yeah. Burrell would be realistically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're going to lose at least one guy for the season, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, the secondary has been beaten up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and, and Burrell, you hate to see that injury. But, again, that's that's just going to happen. Uh, at the start of the season, the positions of real concern were running back health because, remember, the scholarship numbers just weren't very deep. And they've been banged up along the way. But their top two guys have stayed relatively healthy over the course of the season. Offensive line, those four starters returning, healthy all season long. And the defensive line has stayed healthy, which has allowed them to continue to have a good rotation, and I, I think the talent has improved there with somebody like Joshua Josephs coming in as a rotational guy. But uh, overall, yes, Tennessee has has done really well from a health standpoint, and fans will say knock on wood, so uh, I'll do that for you. But they, they've done really well, and then, of course, the quarterback position factors in there too. Did Nico Slaughter just have a really good game, or is he an ascending star? Uh, ask me in five days and might have a better idea. Uh, I, I think he, the way that he plays is exactly what the staff is looking for. His versatility is real. Started out playing the star position early in his time at Tennessee. We didn't see him much after that. Then he's needed at safety with McCullough out. Then he's needed at corner with other guys being out. So his versatility really matters. But his, his mindset, the way he plays after the game, when he's made this really impressive uh interception where he had to go up and get the football high pointing it like the receiver's supposed to do and after the game said yeah i'm really happy in the box being able to to lay a hit and he did which allowed the linebacker to make a play and intercept the pass so the versatility is what matters there and he's still a relatively young guy so my guess is that he's going to develop into a good player rising star i, I need to see more than 
one good performance against Kentucky, but that was the kind of performance that's going to create more belief and more confidence on the defensive side. The talk that Josh Heupel could be a valued NFL commodity. Let's address that. Brought to you by Zool Beer Company. Hit that like, subscribe, and share button. Do it now. Like, subscribe, and share. Zulbeer.com. XULbeer.com if you're on the audio platforms. And we would love for you to stop by and check them out. Worldwide award-winning craft beer. So I was talking to, to someone who is involved with coaching hires and uh, Josh, he said the one thing that NFL teams would love, and you know this, is the fact that uh, Josh Heupel it has a, a really, really high-level offensive mind. And that's one of the things that NFL teams love. We talk a lot about Oklahoma, um, but that wouldn't be my concern. My concern would be the NFL. Um, any insight that you can give as to – Josh Heupel's goals. I, I haven't heard him specifically address those, if that's even something that he would want to do. Yeah, who who knows long-term? He's still such a young guy that at some point that could be something that he wants to try to do. I don't think that's anything to be worried about short-term. He's going to get uh, another contract extension and a much bigger raise, I would imagine, after the season. He, he got his raise during the summer, which was announced before the Florida game, and a lot of people will kind of thought, well, what? I mean, we talked about it, but, you know, that bumped him up to 11th in the SEC in his salary. He's underpaid, no question about it. So he'll get a big bump. Danny White's going to give him a lot of money after this offseason, so, or after this season, and uh, he will have earned it. And I, his history is college, right? He spent a little bit of time in the NFL as a player, but I think he genuinely loves what's going on at Tennessee, and I think he wants to continue to build what he has going at Tennessee down the line, who knows? Uh, you know, Georgia doesn't know with Kirby Smart, and he's a, a Georgia guy. So uh, the Oklahoma stuff, when that came up before they hired Brent Venables, I thought it was laughable. I thought there was no chance that he would uh, go there. Uh, he just he wouldn't think about it right now with Bob Stoops involved there. So And they have Brent Venables now, but let's say in the next couple of years, if something happened, they needed another coach, I'd say 0% chance that he'd consider Oklahoma. NFL, in the next couple of years, I'd say it's close to 0 Long term, who knows? But don't worry about long term. Like beyond three to five years, no program can guarantee yeah. what's going to happen with their football coach. So uh, enjoy what you have right now. I will say, as a Raiders fan, I would appreciate maybe him taking on a consultant role after they scored zero points against the New Orleans Saints this past weekend. But uh, full time head coaching role, I think, will be at Tennessee for the foreseeable future for Josh Heupel. Yeah, I think it'll come down to how he he likes handling with uh, the NIL and the transfer portal. And to this point, he's done incredibly well at that. So why mm-hmm. wouldn't he like it? Um, it's an advantage right now, I think, for Tennessee, that aspect of it. Now, long-term, let, let's still see that. Like I said, I think that's that's a, something that could be applied to any coach is how they're going to want to deal with NIL and the way things are changing in recruiting and all that. But that applies to – Older coaches, do you want to stick around or do you want to go ahead and retire? We've seen that pop up in conversation. And then uh, younger coaches, if you succeed, do you want to take a shot at the NFL? Now it would just be for different reasons. So in 2027, by 2030, uh, who knows? But in 2024, 5, 6, I think he's Tennessee's football coach. I don't think he's anywhere else. No, I think so too. And I, I kind of look at it. I compare him a lot to Steve Spurrier. I look at it like that. And I remember Steve Spurrier saying, yeah. 10 years, about long enough. 
Uh, if they get 10 years out of Josh Heupel, then that's that's fantastic. Then Tennessee's in a good spot. And- Think about the previous 10 years. Absolutely. <laughs> no doubt yeah. about it. So you're, you're waiting on your official prediction, but you're leaning towards... I lean Tennessee. Yeah, I lean Tennessee against Georgia. Um, I, you know, part of what I think is how many points do you need to get? And to this point, Tennessee keeps getting more than I expect that they will need. Now, they, they needed more to beat Alabama than I expected. I didn't expect 49 Alabama either. Uh, I'll tell you that in that week. But uh, I think if Tennessee's able to continue to create uh, mental mistakes by Georgia, because talent-wise, there's no question what Georgia has. And that their red zone defense is terrific, so I think you're going to need some big plays to get to the end zone, but uh, I do lean Tennessee right now. Um, I, th- I think Tennessee is rightfully the underdog to be clear here, but I don't know something about this team, something about this offense. And if the defense is anywhere close to what it was against Kentucky, then Tennessee's coming back to Knoxville. Nine to know. Yeah. Anywhere close is a good way of putting it. I, I completely agree. If this comes down to who has the better day between Stetson Bennett or Hendon hooker, then I think that's pretty obvious who who wins the game. Josh, great stuff. Sports Animal from noon to 3 Eastern time. Brought to you by Azul Beer Company, xulbeer.com. Like, subscribe, and share. Josh joins us each and every week. This has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.